Hey, thank you for tuning in to Tell Email, a storytelling podcast where we think, educate, learn, and laugh with our special guests. And yes, we will get the piping hot tea straight from them by them. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tell Email. Today we have a special guest, well actually a special host because I am being interviewed today. It all started because last week I cheated you guys out of an episode because I was really tired. We went to Chicago, y'all know I'm a Florida peach, so I was in warm weather with shorts and everything, and then we had to go to Chicago, and it snowed, and I was like, what in the heck? So y'all know I had to pull out my sweater dress and my tights and my t-shirts and my boots and stuff. I'm a big cold and it was 39 degrees, I think, but it wasn't that bad. We still had fun. Uh, we went to celebrate Dazi's Aunt Cola, who turned 90 for her birthday. And her birthday is the day after mine, February 19th. But we waited a month and we flew out and surprised her. And she was so happy. We sang, happy birthday. You check my social media. You will see us singing happy birthday to Aunt Cola. And Marshy is in the video dancing. He wanted to say happy birthday, but he is not on the level yet. But he is getting there. I'm so proud of him. But anyway... Like I said, did not do an episode last week because we were all under the weather when we got back. I'm still a little nasally. Poor little Marshy. His little nose is running like a faucet. Even Dazi lost her voice. <laughs> Maddie's throat was hurting, but y'all know we took that medicine immediately when we got off the plane. And I think we're all getting back to ourselves now, which is good. So my special host today, who is my twin, Robbie Roberts, double R, stepped in and she said, look, we will make this up. I'm going to ask you questions. So ooh, hold on just a second. It's 11-11. Okay. So sorry about that. But anyway. Robbie Roberts, double R, is here to interview me. She's going to be the host. So is it my turn? It's your turn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all my life. All my life. I've been wanting to interview Miss Email, baby. I jumped at the chance. She said, I'm just going to do something, you know, and I'm just going to talk about me and my process. And I was like, wait, you're going to interview yourself? No, ma'am. No, man, we cannot have that. Please allow me that pleasure. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. It's our podcast today, y'all. Y'all ready? <laughs> y'all ready? Because we're going to try not to giggle too much. That's all we do is giggle. We the giggle twins. So, Missy Mel, how are you? I am doing just fabulous. How are you, beautiful? Well, you know, as someone always says, I'm doing dandy. <laughs> I'm doing real dandy today, y'all. <laughs> 
because I'm out here in these Jacksonville streets and it's very cold here and I'm very upset about that. I need y'all to know that. Right, right. Yeah. It's so chilly like in the morning and then the afternoon it's like, okay, it's Florida weather again. And then in the evening it's like, okay, we're going back to Chicago. <laughs> yes. Why is it 46 degrees? Yes, in Jacksonville, Florida. I need the long way to say Florida. That's ridiculous. The first day of spring was yesterday, but that was all lies. <laughs> yes, uh, it's Florida. I think yes, Florida. Florida, you know. Um, shout out to Florida, who ain't made no music in a minute, but we still rock with you, bro. You know, give us that new music. So, Missy Mail, look, we, we will not delay the people. We got to give the people what they want, girl. Tell yes. me about Emel the writer. What, what do you want the people to know about you? Well, as a writer, I, I have these stories that I just have to release. And recently, I have been listening to my first book, The Half-Sister. And like Stacey Abrams said, your first book is like, whoa. And honey, I listened to it the other day and I was like, good Lord, I felt like an onion. Like I was just peeling back these layers of myself and just putting it all in there. And I was like, yeah, this is a bit much, but hey, it won an award. So I'm good with it. (laughs) But I I just want people to hear the stories and, you know, the connection and just to be entertained by it all. How long have you wanted to be a writer? Like, when did that come about? So I believe when I was in the second grade, um, my librarian, Mrs. Donato, said, hey, dimples, because she loved my dimples. She's like, come here. I want you to write a book. And I was like, okay, I will definitely try my best. And I did. I wrote, I think it was 1247 Love Street. And it was about living in New Jersey, going to visit my uh, with my brothers and my mom at the time. Uh, and it was a funny little story. And unbeknownst to me, it was published and it won uh, first place, which the prize was for the book to be published. So I had no idea about that until I went back to visit my old school PS41 in Jersey City, New Jersey. And uh, my fourth grade teacher, Miss Valentine, was like, girl, did you know that your book was published? I have the manuscript here. And I was like, oh, my God, let me see it. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, oh, baby, I'm an author. And I would say, oh, this story right here, I'm going to write about it. This story right here, I'm going to write about it. And when y'all read the book, you will see <laughs> about all the stories that were in my head. I will say this, you are the best storyteller. I mean, one of the best that I know. I love to hear your stories. If people only knew, just everything is a story to you. I mean, there is not a single situation that does not occur in your life that does not turn into a full-blown story. And just meeting you, people, there's only one person I think that will well, maybe there's a couple of people that will know this story and I'm not going to go into it, of course, but my most favorite story, and I'm not going to tell it and you're not going to tell it, but we joke about this all the time is, loser! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell that story, baby! <laughs> I wish I could put that in a book, but I don't know if the person who was involved would 
you know, retell it or say something about it. Now, I had them on an interview on my Instagram page and we kind of mentioned it. But, baby, that is a good story right there. That's the best story ever. (laughs) It is. It is. People need to hear that story because it brings so much joy to me. And I heard it 12 years ago and I still cackle off of that story. Oh, but anyway, we digress. But please put that in your next book, okay? We yes. just gonna have to protect the innocence. I don't think anybody, you know, they probably don't even remember. Who cares? They do. The readers. We care about the readers, okay? That's what we care about. Right, so does right. writing, does it energize you or does it exhaust you? Uh, it energizes me. I really like to put stories together and then when I come up like with the plot and the conclusion and like the fillers, like I am just elated, like, yes, that'll get them, right? <laughs> so in my book, you know, I like to make the connection at the end. So for example, um, in The Half Sister, I will start the book and mention something and by the end, I'll bring it back around. So um, spoiler alert for those who did not read the book. Um, at the beginning of the book, I started with Nakia and it talks about her, you know, being at this storage facility and she's on the dumpster and you hear gunshots. So I don't even mention Nakia anymore in the story. So it goes through all the different characters. But then at the end, I bring Nakia back up and you have long forgotten about Nakia. <laughs> so when you're reading this, you're like, oh, I forgot about Nakia. And then it's like, okay, but what happened to her since the dumpster was shot up and she was in the dumpster? So I break it down and you see that she survives. So just to, um, bring that back up and just take the reader back to the beginning. Um, it, it, it just, you know, gives me joy to kind of like give, you know, the reader something special, like a, a treat at the end. So uh, I thought that was very powerful. And I'm sure that's how I was able to win that award because sometimes you're reading and you just forget about things. And then when you see them pop up again, it's like, yes, okay, what happened? That part of the book right there left me feeling some type of way because I was in the car on the dumpster around the corner with them. And I'm like, what's about to happen? Yeah, that part I remember vividly because it took you, you took us there with Nakia and her boyfriend. I won't say any more about that. But yeah, we were we were in the car. We were on the dumpster um, with them. So I'm glad that you did it the way that you did it because it did leave us wanting more, you know, turn the page. It's like, let me just go to the end and see what happened to the kid. I appreciate that. I want to ask, what what are some of the common traps for aspiring writers? Well, yeah, I think that, well, for me, I'll say this. I can't watch TV because mm. when you're watching, especially like series or Netflix on, uh, well, series on Netflix, that is a major distraction. And mm. me, I'm pulling from um, areas in my head where I have stored little things that I want to put in the book. So it's hard to decipher 
did I actually experience that or did I get that Mm -hmm. from something I watched on TV? So I make sure that I'm not watching TV. And another thing that is um, distracting is the telephone. So if you're reading social media posts, people are talking, but those are stories too. So it's hard to decipher for me if I read that or did I think it up or like, so staying off social media, um, not watching TV. Those are some of the things that I had to learn to do when I was writing and also write every day. Some days you can sit down and it'll just pour out of you. And I notice that like I'm thinking, okay, what can I write about? What can I write about? What can I write about? But sometimes when you just sit down and you just start writing, it'll pour out. Sometimes there were days that I would only write a sentence. Some days I would be in the car traveling somewhere and just like see something like when I was writing um, The Best Brother, you know, I was out in Colorado. So I would look up at the mountains or the trees and then I would think of the trees in Carolina. So I have a line in there where um, the character asked another character, you know, what do you think about the trees? What do you see when you see trees? And we talked about uh, green afros in that scene in the book. So to me, that's what I saw as a child traveling from New Jersey to Georgia and, you know, all the different places in South Carolina. So it was special to me. But seeing a mountain that didn't have the greenery on it, it, you know, some of the mountains out there are dry. So it looks like taco meat. (laughs) I was just like imagining. I think I went to Tennessee and they had a lot of green mountains covered with greenery and stuff. But I mean, it's just little things like that that you see, you pick up on that'll play a whole story or a scene in your head for me. Gotcha. And that makes a lot of sense. You mentioned um, social media at the beginning of that question. And I wanted to ask you, how do you or do you use social media as an author? So for me, uh, posting your books and posting stories about your books and pictures about your books, uh, you can use social media to just kind of market yourself in a grand way. For me, not as much because um, it's tiring, like it's overwhelming. So I think the best thing for me was to get uh, a planner to schedule it out and Um, at the beginning of the month, I would schedule out posts to go out so it wouldn't overwhelm me. So that was one thing. But then doing that on several platforms, because, you know, I have like two pages. (laughs) Yeah, two pages on Instagram, two pages on Facebook. Then there's Twitter, which um, I am not strong on Twitter. But I still post. I make sure that I'm posting, not frequently, but enough to like keep my audience engaged. Uh, Right now, I'm trying to build my TikTok audience. So based on the Black Girl Follow Train, a Black Woman Follow Train, I have been following people. Even like this morning, I think you tagged me in a post. Thank you for that. And it was about the stairs in savannah on bay street so i write a scene in 
the half sister where sister and John visit Savannah, Sugar Town, and they're going down these <laughs> stairs that the slaves built back in whenever. And I'm telling y'all, these stairs are so like jinky, like one might be three inches, the next one might be six inches, the next one might be 10 inches. Like the stairs are so unlevel. It's like, you got to be careful going down those stairs. And I just imagine. (laughs) You got to be careful. She was braver than I. Yes. And she was going down with her heels on the young lady that made the post. She was like, baby, you do not want to wear your heels down here on these cobblestones in these Savannah streets because you will break your ankle. So I just thought, you know, I'm pretty sure our ancestor was like, oh, you want us to... You want us to put some stairs? Okay, we got you. I'll show you some stairs. I'll show you the ground real quick. Yes. So to see the post this morning and a young lady. So what I said was, oh, yes, girl. I wrote a scene in my book about these stairs. And a young lady was like, oh, what's the book? I want to read it. So, you know, I had to jump on my other page and be like girl it's me that's that's the book you want to read it's the half sister <laughs> get into it <laughs> look here so amazon it's on audible baby you can order it from me and yes. there it is how you use social media as an author a simple post that a friend tags you in leads you to possibly selling a copy of your book how wonderful is that it's like it all yes. plays together i love full circle moments so much they are beautiful it's a god thing is what i like to call it so yes. tell me who this is a hard question what's your favorite and your least favorite part of publishing because you are self-published am i correct yes so <laughs> My favorite thing, of course, is just getting it out there. I don't even care about how how it comes out. Like, I edit it. I have an editor edit it. Then I have my cousin who is a professor. I have her go over it. And I tried the friends thing, but people are busy. I'm like, girl, I'm not going to tap this. So I stopped that. <laughs> so I put it out. And the best part of it is saying the end and publishing it. Um, I just love that feeling that, oh, my gosh, I created something in my head that I put down on paper. And it is out here. And when I am long gone, people can still read Maybe. these books and all of the stuff, the journals, everything that I create, it'll be out there for people. And I'm just extremely proud of that moment for myself. And I always like try to celebrate in that moment for me. Um, the the toughest thing for me with that is, um, I want to say, I'm not strong with certain things. So I'll give you an example. Like I talked to this guy. He was like, you know, Beyonce didn't build a stage. She danced on. She hired people to do that. So I was like, well, I ain't Beyonce. So guess what I got to do? Build this stage. (laughs) I got to be in locals at six before they close and get this damn wood together, (laughs) bro. So I was like, um... I think the technical part as far as the formatting and the taking what I put in Google, transferring it over to a Word document, which I don't 
write in Word, but I have to transfer it to Word so that it can go through the publisher, which is KDP, which is Amazon. Um, trying to do all of that, that little technical stuff is a little bit, you know, tiring for me. So trying to put that together, trying to make sure that the cover isn't pixelated when you send, um, you know, the PDF off or whatever. So for my book, um, the half sister audible kicked everything back. They was like, okay, you got somebody to record it. It's not loud enough. So they got to go back and re-record it, but she knew what she was doing. So she sent it right back. Uh, the picture, if you look on audible, it is definitely pixelated. Like it looks like it's stretched out a bit. And after sending it back like three times, they were like, okay, we're just going to put it out there. But the best thing about that was Audible reposted the book for me, like free of charge. Like I didn't pay for that. So that was awesome. And when they did that, I got a lot of sales. So I was extremely happy for that. Um, And I think uh, sometimes when... I get like writer's block and I'm like, okay, how can I do this? I usually go in and hold on to that negativity and I wind up like uh, attacking myself, but just feeling bad in the moment. And then I have to like revamp and just kind of build myself back up and then get back into writing. But everything happens for a reason. Sometimes it's really God telling me, hold on, I got something else I want you to see so that you can move forward. So I appreciate, you know, all of the, I guess, everything that you kind of use to build your book and build your story. So sometimes I'll forget that, you know, you got to slow down, just take a break for a minute and then go back and redo it again. So (laughs) I'll say this. When I listened to my second book, I was like, okay, yeah, you're much better. You're not the onion that's releasing every level that you got. Like, this is like, I'm going to get it all out. (laughs) Yeah, it's compact and it's much better. Everything I've been holding since the second grade, y'all go get it, baby, this first book. I love that. And I was going to ask you, do you believe in writer's block? And apparently you do. So what does that mean to you? What does writer's block, the words writer's block mean to you? So with writer's block, it's like you want to write something, but there's nothing there, right? So you go in and you're thinking, okay, I need another chapter. Like, so for me, I'm into numbers. So if you look at my last book, like there, it was written by three different perspectives. So from Tyshawn, from Sister, and from Nakia. So the story goes along, but it's in three. So it's Tyshawn, Sister, Nakia, Tyshawn, Sister, Nakia, Tyshawn, Sister, up in, from, I think, 18 chapters. Yeah. So I think it's like 18 chapters. So in threes, everybody gets a chapter from there. So it's kind of calculated for me. And then I realized that one of the chapters, I flipped the person around. So then it jumps from Tashawn to Nakia, then sister. And I was like, who cares? Nobody cares. They just want to go along with the story, right? I want this good story. So, so it's calculated and 
this character has went through this situation, how do we bring it back from there? How do we get to the conclusion? And sometimes it's like, I have no idea. Like, okay, God, you got to help me. And God is like, hold on. I'm bringing it to you. So just, just take your time, but I'm bringing it to you. And like, maybe the next day or something, I'll see something that will trigger what I was looking for. So I'm like, oh, thank you, God. I got it. I got it. So <laughs> sometimes I don't know the ending. So like the sci-fi, I should have published this sci-fi last year. But when I tell you it's so intricate and detailed that I'm like, okay, this is this is really hard, but it's it's just going back to how do you get your characters to be loved and likable or hated because I got a lot of characters that's hated <laughs> so, um trying to figure that out and trying to keep the story flowing smoothly is not an easy thing all the time so I think because I didn't have the end that I wanted that is what's holding me back so basically I have writer's block with my book um the Lemire Project, which is Life on Mars is Evidently Real. But trust me, it will be out this year. So what I hear you saying to other authors when it, as it relates to writer's block is you have to trust the process. Yes. You know, don't force it. Let, it. let it flow. And it may take a little bit, but that's okay. Just, just wait because it will come to you. Yes. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Let me say one more thing about that. So at the end of the year last year, while I was working on that book, another book came to me that I wrote like in like two weeks. And I was like, oh, that was fast. That was quick. And it's called Sheldon Sheltered. And it's about my experience working at the shelter. Then when I read over it, I was like, this is not what I want. And this is not the story that I should be telling. It's good, but this is not it. So I was like, you told yourself never to start another book while you were writing a book. So why would you even put that together? So now I'm going back to my sci-fi, which I am enjoying writing. And basically that story is about you and I on Mars. So <laughs> it's a cute little story. So I'm just trying to bring in the, the flavor of the story. So I'm going to go back to my sci-fi like I was doing and put that out. And then I will revamp Sheldon Sheltered so that it is a page turner as well. Yes. As, as you have done in the past, it shall be done again. And we appreciate that. The readers appreciate you for doing that. I want to say now, look, y'all, for everybody out there, I'm trying to talk her into it. I've been trying to talk her into it for years. And one day it's going to come to pass because I always get in my way. I keep trying to talk her into writing a children's book. She is such a fascinating writer and so funny so so funny that I know there's a children's book deep inside of her but she keeps pushing it down and I keep trying to bring it up and she pushes it down this is our fight on most um days um me pushing and we pulling we're, we're polar opposites by the way y'all but we love each other deeply so one day when y'all see this children's book out there I just want y'all to know it was me that got y'all this fabulous best-selling children's book okay 
give me all the credit. I appreciate that. Okay, well, let me, <laughs> let me say something about the next question. Uh-uh, we're going to get on this children's book. Listen, the last, the, the, okay, so my, after writing my first book, 1247 Love Street, I was in a really bad, bad place in my life, and I wrote this children's book, and no one told me about the children's book that I wrote. Like, you know, family is like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. And I sent the book to my brother-in-law, Bill. And he said, so you want children to hate vegetables. And that's when I knew I had to give up the children's book. <laughs> and the next one was my, oh, my vegetable pie. And it was about this character who he... He stole this pie and the lady put vegetables in it. And he hated the pie. So that was the ruin of my children's book career. But I'm go now that I'm eating better and healthier, I'm sure we can revisit my my vegetable pie. And it's so crazy because you know Marshy hates anything it's not meat the only um fruit he eats is banana black now you will go outside and put a rock in your mouth but you won't eat no grapes and mulch, dude, we love mulch baby he eat some yes. mulch down yes. and he will munch on some mulch like it ain't nothing but you don't want to put any other type of fruit or vegetable in your mouth and the, ooh, it just the way he takes it and picks it up he just like opens his hand and let it drop on the floor. Honey. The drama for me. I wrote this book for him, just for him. He, he would love this book. See there, Bill? <laughs> We're not listening to this guy, Bill, who shall rename. Um, um, we don't know him. I may be married to him on some level, but I did not appreciate him tearing my children's book up that way. <laughs> He is not the end-all, be-all of our writing career. Bill, if you're listening, <laughs> how dare you? Well, look here. I want to know, I mean, this is a tough question, and I don't want to make it dark because we're so lighthearted. Maybe this, will, this won't be a dark question, but what was the hardest scene you had to write? The hardest scene? Oh, yeah. Take a sip, take a sip. Let me drink some water on that one. Oh, that cute little cup you got there. Oh, thank you. Oh, let me show. So if I do put this video out, I want y'all to see this cup that my twin gave me. It has all of my books and journals and the podcast on it. It's a lovely yeah. tumbler. Yeah, mm. keeps, keeps things cold and keeps things hot, baby. Okay, so there's been a couple of scenes. I want to say probably the murder scenes and the domestic violence scenes. Now I do put in a scene that is hilarious to me, but it's not funny because it's still domestic violence. But when Uncle Bud drags Demarcus through that room when he wanted to wash him and Uncle Bud was like, I'm not taking no bath. You better get out of here. And I see he put some pills in my food and I'm not going to eat them. He's like, yes, you're going to eat them. He said, okay, well, you come in here. I'm going to slide you. And he slid him all across that room. <laughs> okay. So, 
Okay, so another hard scene was the scene with Uncle Bud with um his bout with sundowners or Alzheimer's. Uh, it just brought back memories of my grandfather where my dad had to really step up his game with taking care of his father who was escaping. And my grandfather actually out of a second story window and my stepmom thought he was throwing clothes out the window, but no, honey, it was him. And he jumped out and ran, honey, he was gone. And um, he was in Jersey City and they went to look for him and they couldn't find him, honey. He was on 440, which was a busy highway where the mall is. And baby, that ain't no place for anybody to be walking around. I think you and I were there once with um with my bonus mother Tina. We ate at the IHOP on that busy highway um in New Jersey. But it's no place. It's they don't even have sidewalks out there. So it's no place to be walking. And that's where they found him. So that was a tough scene to kind of rethink that and just think about that trauma that my dad had to go through. Okay, so we kept it light. We, we had a little darkness, but we kept it light like we always do. Look here. Um, would you and your main characters from your books get along? Definitely. Listen, I am all of them. I am everybody. I'm Demarcus. I'm Sister. I'm John. And when I, I was listening to the book and certain words that characters said, um, I think Everybody said disrespectful because that's one of my words, you know, some disrespectful. Don't be disrespectful. And I was like, how are you going to have all the characters say that word? Can we switch that up? So now when I go back to writing, I'm going to have to Google, not Google, but search my words in the document, my favorite words that I like to say in real life and edit those as well. Because I do a lot of research, a lot of my books, I have certain stories that I find fascinating on the internet sometimes when I'm reading things and I will incorporate it into the story. So I do a lot of research, but when I'm finished with the document, I do have to go back and make sure that my characters do not sound the same. And sometimes they do, because it's all me. <laughs> I am all of them. All of my yes. personalities built into all of these characters. <laughs> I guess you could consider that like what do they call them the little eggs like do you put eggs into your books definitely <laughs> I, I wrote it. something and one of my readers was like you put something in there about this lady that I didn't even know about and I was like yeah me too because I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> so like I will find a little golden egg and I'm like oh, definitely going in the story <laughs> I need this in this story I need it Look, we could do this forever. I have so many things I want to ask you, but I know that, you know, you don't keep the podcast super long because we want to keep people, you know, coming back for more and people have short attention spans. But tell me, what do you want us to know about you and just just who email is? Well, I am the greatest author in the world. That's what I want people to know. Um, also that I have this lovely podcast that is growing like daily. Like, listen, I check my analytics and I see people from all 
over the country, like tuning in, becoming subscribers. And I just love it. And I know that them being listeners, they'll definitely be readers. But baby, when I saw that I had made it over into an international a group of people that became my listeners, I was so stunned. So I think someone in Italy was listening and I was like, yes. So I'm just doing my thing. I love the fact that I can do what I want freely because, you know, we worked on a plantation where we were very limited. Yeah. No <laughs> we, we got reprimanded for doing like the simplest things. So for me, I just want you guys to keep tuning in keep subscribing if you want to know how to start a podcast i have a course called ready set podcast that you can check out it's so easy and i'm willing to teach people and oh yeah my little course is like 1997 but not for long and it comes with a free episode planning document because that's new on uh canva one of the sites i love to use and my twin always sends me great Canva content. So I am working the thing, baby. And I just want to, you know, give people great stories and just keep going. So my next thing is I'm going to finish these two books. And after that, I'm going to get into filmmaking, to be honest. And there it is right there. There. I said the children's book, but you know, the filmmaking thing, because we have gone to some, we volunteered. Look, y'all, I'll tell you something. Anything that you want to do, you want to be a writer, you want to be a filmmaker, you got to get yourself in those places and those spaces. So you don't always have to pay to be a part of something. Volunteer. And so we volunteered one year here in Jacksonville to hang out and watch these people films for free. And we volunteering. I mean, we did our thing, but we spent all day doing that. But that was the way to get in there. And, you know, you'd be like a little free intern. We get all this free networking at the same time. So don't always think you have to, you know, go meet this person and spend that. Oh, I'm just going to have to figure out a way to, you know, meet them and pay them. No, no, no. There are free ways to do things and we know how to, how to do those things. But I just want to say that I'm so proud of you. You are so many things to so many people, but to yourself, how you have just developed since the day that I met you into who you are right now. And I know that there is more to come because there are layers upon layers upon layers with email Henry. And so the best is yet to come. Um, I just, I love you. And I know that your readers love you. And I pray that this podcast reaches, you know, a million people and that you're successful in everything that you do, which you're already successful, but more successful. How about that? Oh, well, listen to it. I thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and taking time out of your day. You know, you are super, super special to me and always will be. And the fact that you just said, you know what, let me put on these boots, strap them up and jump in there means the world to me. You are such, uh, I don't even know what to say, such a pillar in my life. Like, honey, you know, we go on for days and days <laughs> about how you save me, how you change me, how you, Ooh, honey, when I tell you I was a garbage pail, do you hear me? <laughs> Just Not at all. Trash. 
I was trash. And my twin came in my life and put her hand on my shoulder and said, you don't have to be a busted banana peel and people slipping all on you. Know your worth, girl. Stick up for yourself. And I changed myself and I just love her. (laughs) We love each other. But look, before we go, um, y'all already know what happens on this podcast at the very end. We're going to hear from our sponsors. Hold on just a second, you guys. Hi, this is Lena with the Tell You Mel podcast. This episode is sponsored by Little Red Flags All Over the Place, a domestic violence story guide by Email Henry. Written during the pandemic for the virus of domestic violence, this guide provides examples of red flags and safety planning. Purchase on Amazon and author emailhenry.com. Now back to our episode. Okay, thank you guys for holding. And now we're about to start with our game. I am ready. Are you ready, Twins? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do this thing. I don't know the answers to these questions, so it's going to be great for me to hear. So first question, texting or talking? Texting. (laughs) What's your favorite day of the week? All of them. (laughs) Really? I I like to be alive. When I wake up and I'm like, yes, God, make today magical. Just like, you know, yesterday I was out and about and, you know, living in Florida, honey, those rocks love my windshield. Yesterday I was looking for a a place and I pulled up to the place. It was closed. And what happened? This man just magically appeared and was like, hey, you know, we can replace your windshield. And I was like, yes, you can. (laughs) I appreciate you free, man. (laughs) That's another good question. How good of a driver are you on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> I'm a good driver. It's people that get in my way sure, sure, when I'm sure. doing stuff. I shouldn't ask this question. We're going to move on to that because I feel that um, you are a little uptight. <laughs> you got some other things you want to say in this rapid fire. We're just going to move on, people. Don't just ignore that last part there. What nickname your parents, what were the nicknames that your parents used to call you? Oh, uh, my mama called me Scooter, and when I was growing up, um, the kids in high school called me Squeaky, Squeaky D, D for dimples, but um, I have a belt that has Squeaky on it, uh, a leather belt, and what else did they call me? Um, Mel, and the men's is the the hot men's is he called. Okay, I won't say that name. Okay, we we'll go next question. Yes, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, please. Let's, ooh, child, this just went uh, far left. That's after dog. That's email after dog. <laughs> we'll get to that podcast at another time. Ooh, this is a good question. Favorite celebrity crush. Mm. Now y'all know. I don't even have to say that. Look, it's right there. It's on my arm. Baby. Y'all know I love me some Mr. Banner, mm-hmm. Mr. Mississippi, honey, all day, every day. That's my favorite. And not because he's just all sexy, but because he's so smart. Like, he says all the things I want to say that I really can't say about, you know, loving our people. 
And he's the only one. He's the only one who say, you know, I love you. I love y'all. So I just find so, like, so much in him that's just a gem for me, you know, every day, just whatever. But, you know, it's every day, all day. Mr. David Banter. Not the Incredible Hulk one, not the green one, right? Not that one. No, Mr. LaVille. Oh, LaVille oh, okay. Crump, honey, from Government name. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that <laughs> the people know. You're like, she like the Incredible Hulk. Okay, then. Every girl. They know. They know. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. Y'all know. Y'all know what it is. I just want to make sure people that's that's new to meeting email that they knew who the celebrity crush, aka husband, uh, was gonna be. Okay. All right. Well, look here. I think that we have talked to these people again. I could talk to you all day long, as we do anyway, but we are not going to hold them. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your special podcast. And um, I can't wait to do this again. How about that? Yay! And y'all let us know if y'all want us to do this again. You know, send me a message. Y'all know where I'm at. Amel Henry on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok. And if you want it all, you can go to campsite.bio and that's B-I-O backslash Amel Henry. And you can find everything of um all the places on social media where I am and the courses and everything. I'm going to say thank you twins so much. I had a really great time and I hope you guys have a really great time. So I did not get a quote for this show, but I will say one anyway from off the top of my head. Y'all go listen to David Banner's new album. That's the quote. That's the oh, quote. And buy my stuff. Buy my stuff too. And listen That's- and subscribe to my stuff. That's the quote. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about either of those. I'm just gonna go ahead and say uh, either you run the day or the day runs you, baby. That's my quote. Okay. It's Yay. been my pleasure, y'all. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, my precious peaches. Thank you so much for listening in to Tell Email. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you tune in from. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Email Henry. Thanks. Thank you.